0: Hello and welcome to Under the Skin from Luminary. This week I spoke with Dr. Bob Gill. Dr. Bob Gill is a practising GP, that means family doctor, in the UK. And he's become an activist campaigning to prevent the privatisation of the NHS. That's the National Health Service, the free healthcare in the UK. Now what's interesting about it is that in his uh, documentary, The Great NHS Heist, which you can watch on YouTube, he describes how American firms, such as United Healthcare, are moving in to take over the NHS plus one of the PR firms that looked after Purdue, the company that was involved in that opioid crisis in America, are all teaming up to break down the NHS. That Basically, is a global healthcare conspiracy to rob not just poor people. He says, my favourite bit in the podcast, is he said, poor people, they're just going to die. Middle class people are going to be forced to pay over the odds for healthcare. This is a fascinating issue, whether you're from the UK or not. And uh, in this bit, what what is this bit, Jengo?
1: The five-point plan to secretly take over the healthcare system. Oh, this system, is good, because like he breaks American it down. System.
0: He shows you how the government passed this bill, then that bill, then the other bill to slyly. Like, this is, I'll tell you why I like this. Because it shows you your government, in collaboration with the media and big business, are lying to you. And he talks you through how that is happening. Now that Under the Skin is on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review there. It helps us and we will read them out. For example, let me read out this one. Russell, the word gorgeous genius or the word, sorry, I mean words, gorgeous genius are (laughs) overused uh, often. But you, my friend, Sonny Jim, are a gorgeous genius. And that's from...
1: This is how you think about yourself.
0: Mr. Pat Podcast Mike. (laughs) Well, thank you, Mr. Pat Podcast Mike. It's a lovely, lovely review. So, yeah, leave your reviews here. What a gorgeous genius. Yeah. Oh, sometimes, yeah. Other times I feel terrible things like anyone. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you'd like to listen to the rest of this podcast and all of my weekly Under the Skin podcast, all you have to do is subscribe to Luminary on Apple Podcasts or download the Luminary app. Also, I have a brand new meditation podcast, which you are going to love, called Above the Noise. I guide you through a meditation. It's brilliant, isn't it, Jen? Yes, it's You write brilliant. those descriptions, don't you?
1: I do. Yeah, they're a combination of
0: your intro and my interpretation of your intro. Good. Well, well done. You're doing real well. <laughs> okay. Here's Dr. Bob Gill. Trying to achieve equality with the annihilation of category is not a no, successful that, route. Yes, that's,
1: that's, that's exactly right. We're in this era where it turns out we were never the boss. It doesn't look like an ideology.
0: What's beneath the surface of people we admire, of the ideas that define our time, the history we are told. Welcome to Russell Brand. Under the skin. You're a GP in... Uh, Kent, you're a family doctor, a family doctor in uh, Kent. How come you've got pulled into all this politicization? What's mobilized you and galvanized you and given you the courage to speak out in this way if you faced professional challenges? I know that a lot of GPs and doctors receive like handouts from big pharma, particularly in the United States. I don't know how it is here, getting m- paid money by big pharma companies and stuff like that. How come you've not been uh, crushed by a-, a money hammer?
1: Well, how I got in was... We, I'd already, my patients in Sidcup, uh, their main hospital was down the road, Queen Mary's Hospital in Sidcup. And during my time at my practice, we lost the AE department there, we lost the maternity department there, we lost the acute medical and surgical beds. Now, I'd started to notice the impact on my patient care. It's, it's pretty obvious that this will have an impact. But the, the surrounding hospitals couldn't struggle with the additional workload, so I was sending patients in who needed admission. They would bounce out of the hospital, sometimes worse than when I'd sent them in. So, you know, you again accepting lower standards of care can easily become normalised over town over time. But then there was a threat to another hospital down the road, Lewisham Hospital. This was quite a high-profile. Uh, a public pushback against the, the closure proposals in Lewisham, And that's when I finally decided I need to get involved. I can't keep quiet anymore. This doesn't make any sense whatsoever. How is our government doing this to us? And, you know, i had been quietly do, minding my own business, raising a family, paying off a mortgage, getting on with a day job. But this I saw as a, an immediate big threat to the very survival of my patients. And what was I to do? Sit back? So I tried to engage with local medical leaders. And it was actually one of the conversations I had with uh, a local GP leader um, who who I described what was happening to my patients. And he said three things to me. He said, you're too sensitive. (laughs) Your patients are unlucky. And don't worry, you're not paying for any of this. Now, I thought if, if that is the response to people in positions of power and responsibility to protect public health provision, then, you know, clearly they're selecting the wrong people for the job and I need to do something. So, so that's when I set, set about, you know, trying to get involved in campaign groups, learning about what's going on, learning about health economics, learning about policy and discovering that this hadn't started in 2012 when the Health and Social Care Act was passed because that was a major progression of the privatization. This had started decades before. And in fact, it, it dates back uh, 1988, I would say, was a key date. Um, it's when Oliver Letwin MP and John Redwood MP were commissioned uh, to write a piece on exactly how you, how you repurpose a public service to an American-style insurance system without people noticing. So it was a revelation to me, you know, how, how far this process had gone. Um, can you in so, terms is of... That
0: written, sorry to interrupt you. Is that written down somewhere? Is that something you can see? Like how we can turn the NHS into an American style health insurance system without anyone noticing? Is there a sort of a paper trail for that?
1: Absolutely. So his, his document uh, published by the Center for po- Policy Studies is on the net, uh, I can you know I can send you a link to it, and it summarised the key steps. Uh, there were one, five steps. Step one, establish the NHS and an in, as an independent trust. Well, that's what the 2012 Act did. It separated the Department of Health out to a new quango called NHS England, which essentially is a privatisation board stuffed with people from the private sector who've gone through the revolving door And now we're an NHS badge, busily trashing the NHS. Increased joint ventures between the NHS and the private sector. I'll give you one example, private finance initiative, where the public went to private banks and financiers and said, lend us some money. We want to build new hospitals. Now, there was never a need to do that. There is a magic money tree. The government discovered it when it gave out the test and trace contracts that I mentioned earlier. We could have funded this through public borrowing, but they chose to get into bed with the private sector and have saddled the NHS with a massive uh, financial millstone. I'll give you the figures, we borrowed 11 billion. You know how much we're gonna pay back? 88 billion, at the end of which we won't own the hospitals. This is a financial scam on a monumental level. So that's one example of public-private partnerships. Step three, extend the principle of charging. Now we've set up a whole charging system for immigrants and health tourists to to claim back money which wouldn't even cover the administrative cost. So why has the government introduced an expensive system of charging, setting fees, collecting the money if the amount you collect wouldn't even cover the admin cost because they want to extend it to everybody? Step four, a system of health credits. This, this, will, this is called at the moment public health, sorry, personal health budgets. It's a mechanism which they'll be using to keep the most expensive patients away from going to private insurance at the moment because they'll get rejected. But what the NHS will become is a tax funded budget for you, which becomes transferable transferable to a private insurance company to make up for those services that the NHS no longer provides. Because that's part of the strategy to chip away at the universality and comprehensiveness of the NHS. Interestingly, the company that is drawing up the services to cut is that company I mentioned earlier, McKinsey, the advisors to Purdue Pharma, Who were paying out a a fine now of six hundred million dollars to settle without uh, admitting any liability? So that's four steps. Step five, a national insurance scheme. So your every individual in this country will have, let's say, a budget of two to three thousand pound attached to their name, which is a a, is the equivalent of Medicare and Medicaid, public funding to provide basic level of uh, healthcare, which you can top up if you can afford to. So the five steps are there. And what the current bill does, it puts into law what has been already going on for over a decade, because these companies aren't going to arrive sometime in the future. They're already embedded within the NHS. There was something in 2006 called world-class commissioning where United Health, the big four accountancy firms, McKinsey, were all brought in to give us their friendly advice on how to run the NHS. And they are embedded within, within the fabric of the NHS now. They're running it now. And what the new legislation does, it formally hands over the NHS to them.
0: It's interesting when you use the example of the involvement of a company like McKinsey who have been involved in advising Purdue around the opioid crisis that created for half a million deaths and meant that there were payouts of 600 million because it shows you what the incentives are, what the ideology is and that you would think in a sane world that that would be. Be prevented immediately if the incentives of government were really to serve people. Whether you're talking about the United States or our country, you would not involve such a mendacious organization that exists solely to mask the malfeasance of organizations such as those which we're descri- describing and the uh, the malevolent intentions of projects. Such as this one, and so it's you. you believe that the um, power of organisations such as these that we're describing, whether it's sort of groups like Mackenzie or the United Health, or whoever them dudes were, like that their power transcends national boundaries and certainly transcends pol- apparent political divisions. In so much as you c- cannot envisage the current Labour Party or you know Democrat or Republican Party ever opposing this kind of uh this kind of endeavor is that would you say that like would the labor party what are they going to vote for this bill
1: what we're seeing is performative theater so when you have a 80 mp majority it doesn't really matter what the opposition says or does even if the labor party uh totally vote against this bill the point is they are not informing the public there mm-hmm. is no public discourse about the imminent capture of the NHS by American multinational corporations, particularly the insurance industry. There is no discussion about this. It's all about let's spend a bit more money here and we'll spend one billion more than you will. That is not where this debate needs to be. A genuine Labour Party that wants to put a stop to this would, would be explaining where the threat is. And that's not what we're hearing.
0: Mm. What do you think we should do? If you're enjoying this podcast, please join me over at Luminary on Apple Podcast for the rest of our discussion and for all the latest episodes of Under the Skin. (laughs)